Now, get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 we're back. We're second half hour of Oilers Live Tuesday night. We've got uh, Rizmal Puzar as our as our guest tonight. We uh, we talked about the Heritage Hockey Classic, a little bit of Woodcroft, a little bit of Nurse, everything in the first half hour. We're going to start this uh, half hour talking about the Bakersfield Condors. Um, for those of you that don't follow uh, Original Puzar, you can follow him at, is it Coopsie? What is the? Maybe you <laughs> it's better. Coopsie 30. No, that's my, my, uh, my real last name is not Puzar. Uh, <laughs> my last name is actually Cooper. So that's you know, that, that you know, handles Peter out forever. So. <laughs> right, yeah, Awesome. Awesome. So you can follow follow the original Puzar on X or Twitter, whatever we're calling it this week. And uh, he's also a big uh, Bakersfield Condors fan, as as most of us are. Uh, but you uh, you spend a lot of time watching the team. Maybe yeah. give us an update uh, what you've seen. We've got this will tie into um, the recent news that uh, looks like Sam Gagne's uh, going to be up on the Oilers, uh, not Raphael Lavoie, which a lot of fans have been asking for uh but give us some update what's happening in bakersfield yeah it's funny going into this this past weekend and uh a lot of the a lot of the condors games conflict with oilers games they often they often play the same night and at the same time so you know as much as i love watching the condors i you know focus on the oilers and i'll have the condors game on in the kind of the background uh, on a second device and you know I, I could watch one and then the other but you know there's only so many hours in the day but i was going in this weekend you know the condors played friday saturday didn't conflict with oilers games i was almost more excited to watch the condors games than i was the heritage classic because it was all doom and gloom after the minnesota and uh and ranger games and you know what uh Taking away the the Heritage Classic game where the Oilers seem to be a a different team, the, the Connors are pretty much being the exact opposite of, of of the Oilers. You know, very hardworking, playing a good structure, not beating themselves. You know, generally always on the right side of the puck, and they're a very good mix of you know veterans. Like, like veterans, veterans, like, you know, the Brad Malones of, uh, of the world, you know, uh, you know, veteran, uh, um, you know, some veteran prospects like the James Hamlins of the world. And then, you know, some some young guys, you know, like the Matre Petrovs and the and the Borgos and Lavois and the Savoys. And, um, you know, they they won two games against Tucson, two road games shorthanded. Um, they, they're, they've got a bunch of injuries up front. Kajula's out. Peterson's out, Tulio's out, Savoy left uh, the previous game, and uh, they lost somebody last night. Uh, yeah, they lost Savoy halfway halfway through the game. They got it out with uh, ten forwards, but you know, kind of like one of the heartening thing is the team's being led. Um, you know, Sam Gagne helped, um, and you know, Brad Malone's doing what he does, but it was led a lot by you know Raphael Lavoie, um, Gleason. You know, Hoffemeyer, Wanner's playing well. Like, I can go into to all these guys, but, you know, Raphael Lavoie is taking it to another level. Like, you know, he's always had these consistency issues. You always saw the talent, and he had those consistency issues. You probably know better than me if you, you're a bigger fan of Q, yeah. Q. Um, but, like, he would, you know, he would have consistency issues, not just from game to game, but from shift to shift. Like you'd have a great shift in the first period. You wouldn't notice them. And then you'd have another great shift in the third period. And he'd go on a couple of heaters, but you know, 
we've talked a lot about how something kind of switched. He had a falling out a bit with uh, Colin Chalk in December last year. They had words on the bench. I was actually at the game. It was a game here in Calgary against the Wranglers. Lavoie went out and fought on the next shift. And then, like, he was a different player for, like, the last, whatever it was, 30, 35 games, you know, point a game during that point. But more than anything was he was engaged shift after shift after shift. And it wasn't just, you know, using his one-timer, taking the puck to the net uh, and great in puck retrieval on the boards and he was a good very very good ahl player come around this year and he's been a notoriously slow starter through the first five games he's bullying the american hockey league like he scored like three massive one-timer goals he's taken the puck to the net you know you can't you can't get the puck off him on the boards and you know he's doing all those things and he pissed off the roadrunner so much that you know, late in the game, you know, the game was over. They, that fight that he had last game, that yeah. was after, like, they came after him. That was after, like, 20 seconds of post-whistle skirmishes. And then the guy was like, fine, you want to fight? And it was just, it was a beatdown. I'm not sure if anybody saw it. So um, we can get into the Gagne versus Lavoie. But, uh, you know, you know, I, I listened to Colin Chalk um, from, on Oilers now. He's on with Stauffer on, yeah. uh, on Mondays. And obviously, he's glowing about him. But he did uh, – he did say there's two things that they're still getting him to work on, which is defense zone exits and um, work on the boards. I see the defense zone exits. You know, he's coming. I think he's become quite responsible, at least in the AHL level. I think he's a beast on the board. So I can't say that, obviously, you know, I'm not going to disagree with Coach Chalk if there's, you know, specifics. But um, there's still a few things that they want him to work on. But, but he's really, really coming on. So has he done enough? Do you think to warrant a look on the Oilers? I mean, we can't really get any worse on the bottom six right now, right? <laughs> what, more, what more can you do, Michael? It's not like yeah. this is a, you know, this isn't like, let's say it was Xavier Borgo that comes yeah. in this year. He just turned 21 and he goes on a five-game heater. That, that's one thing. The, the, you know, and then you're like, okay, you got to sustain it. Lavoie did that. Like, first, he's 23 years old. He's six four. You know, he's not like a big banger out there, but he's a, he's a physical force along the boards. He's twenty three. He's six four. He shoots right. He did it for thirty games last year, and he's come back this year even better. Like he's literally the best forward in the AHL this year. Maybe there's some people at other points, but watching him, you know, play physically, and he just had AHL Player of the Year. So, you know, we can get into the to you know the which should it have been Lavoie versus Gagne. But, you know, to talk, I just want to mention a couple of the other uh, condors before I get there. And one of them I just said was, was Borgo. And he, he's a much, he looks more confident out there. And that's one of the words that coach Chalk used about him as well. But he's, um, he must've put on some weight or gained some strength. Like he's hanging on to pucks. Yeah. Um, he's, he's waiting for shooting lanes to open up last night on, on the second, uh, um, Lavoie one-timer goal on the power play. You know, Borgo brought the puck in across the blue line. It was basically like a one-on-two on the boards. And he he stopped up. He put the puck behind his back. He did a little twirl. He created separation. It was an amazing play. Like nobody, like just a little play. And he knocked back to Gagne, went cross ice to uh, Lavoie for the one-timer. But that, it was a really Deft play that you can see the confidence building, and yeah. now the game's slowing down for him at the AHL level. I think he's got five points in the in the five, he's five games. He's not dominating out there, but but you see the patience and the vision and the hockey skills, and, and he knows um, where to go. I've often uh, 
said, you know, and I'm talking about uh, Borgo, um, I think he's one of those players that was uh, impacted by the agreement with the CHL, mm-hmm. uh, where he he sure could have used a, a year uh, in the AHL. His his final season in the CHL should have been in the AHL. He, nice was, he just looked so. I, I watched him live, and he he looked so bored out there, right? Like, (laughs) you know, and I I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but he was just clearly better, bigger and better. And, you know, had the patience and, um, and I think like playing a full season like that affects your development, right? Like you, you know, you, you go from being, you know, I'm just having fun with these guys to having to get back to work again uh, the next season when you're playing pro. Right, and the AHL is not not a, not not a league, right? Like you don't you don't fool around there, right? Like that's tough hockey, and uh, and so I think you know it probably took him a season. I I think it set him back a half season, right? Yeah. He comes in, you know, he's got he's got to play uh, play back in. I mean, it's nice to see him putting up some points. Talk to me about um, now. Did you see Gagne in the three games that he? Played? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He, 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 Gagne's too good for the for the AHL. Like, yeah. the, people are going to wonder about his skating, and he's never been a good skater, and he's still not a great. Like, like he's. I don't think he's lost a step now with the hip surgery. I'm not a great an, an analyzer of somebody's skating, but but he looked like he always did. You know, like I got some sort of a, a hope that maybe he's going to gain a bit of his step because I think he's been dealing with the hip issues, he said, for a couple of years now. Yeah. And he finally got a fix because he wants to continue to play hockey. And he says that they're like now all the pain, all that is gone. So you know, maybe he's a bit stronger. But, you know, if he, he does what he does. He, he knows when to curl back with the puck. He knows when to dump the puck. He knows, you know, he, he's, he sees the play ahead of him, at least at the AHL level, you know, yeah. before. Like that last, uh, that one-timer goal by Lavoie that I just mentioned where Borgo made that play on, on the boards, he came back to Gagne. It was off a stick and cross-ice to Lavoie. Like nobody even knew he was there, you know, <laughs> like, and Gagne saw it happening ahead of time. So, so that's, he, he's that player. You know, like he's 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 not fast at the HL level. He's not going to be fast at the NHL level. You know, I don't know if he's lost a step from his last couple of years in the AHL, NHL, but I but I don't think he's gained anything. But that's not going to be his game, right? And it's a bit concerning because, frankly, I think our bottom six is slow as is. You know, well that maybe I shouldn't say that. Depends on where they play him because if you have a line of McLeod and, and Holloway, that's not a slow line. But if you have a line of with Ryan and Yanmark with Gagne, that's a slow line. <laughs> but if you put Gagne with, say, a McLeod and Holloway, maybe they, maybe they benefit from you know a vet like, yeah. you know, like Gagne. What what's your thought on, you know, we talked about this right from the beginning of the season that you got a guy, you know, in in Sam Gagne who pretty much everybody loves, yeah. right, and and. Yeah, you talk about being good in the room. You think mm-hmm. there's anything to that? Like, do you think yeah. having him around the team has uh, some added benefit there? I have no doubt that he that he's great in the room. I have no doubt that everybody's going to love him. I'm not certain that there was any. Like, I, do I think it's going to have a material effect that it's going to create energy? And and no, 
to tell you, to be honest, like we're, like, we're talking about a 34 year old kind of tweener right now joining the team. Great guy. And he's going to be great in the room and, and maybe he'll have some things to say to, to, you know, help out the Holloways of the world, like the kids, or maybe you can say something to McLeod about, you know, you gotta, sometimes you got to change your game to stick in this league or to become the player that, that you can be. But I don't think it's going to have this, this boost. I don't, cause I don't think that the room had issues to start with. They seem very tight knit. You know, so I I don't. They yeah. seemed it, but when yeah. you go, <laughs> you have the start that you have, right? Yeah. And you're two guys like you know Drysital and McDavid that mm-hmm. you know don't just demand excellence of themselves, demand yeah. excellence of their teammates. Yeah. I mean, that can you yeah. know degrade something good pretty darn quick. I mean, yeah. look at you know the times when McDavid would. Uh, give Puliarvi the side eye, <laughs> right? Like, you know, you, I could feel it just watching it, right? You know, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, disappointment, absolutely. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, since we're talking about the Condors, we're talking about Gagne. <clears throat> to take a step back, I don't want to sound like I'm overly negative on Gagne. Let's put it this yeah, way: yeah. You, you switch Adam Ernie for Sam Gagne, I, the team's back. <laughs> Adam Ernie. I don't want to be too harsh or pick on anybody. And I said this even before he played his first game. Like, I think he makes the team worse. Like, he's not going to, he doesn't, he, he doesn't impact the game positively. And he's not like he's a lock it down two way player. Like, he played three minutes last game. And then one shift, he was directly responsible for two icings in a row. And then a third puck that didn't get out of the zone that created a third face off. I'm like, that's what well, had three minutes of hockey. <laughs> and here's something, here's something I'll tell you is, is, you know, you got Ernie in there because you're worried about size and strength and, you know, a little bit of toughness. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good part of last year, we were without Evander Kane. Yep. And then he comes back from, you know, an absolutely awful injury. Uh, so you're still a little bit worried about him playing with that kind of toughness and grit. And then is it any coincidence that after two games of like Kane being back, right. Engaged. Yeah. Right. He's gone. I mean, I, you know, I thought about that. I thought, well, that makes a little bit more sense. Maybe now that you've seen Kane can go back to that kind of play and be, uh, you know, a real force out there yeah. uh, that you can, you can possibly get rid of him. I, I never thought about it that way, and, and it's a good point. I'm not necessarily sure if that is what they're thinking, that, that I necessarily agree with it, because I do think, you know, Kane's been great. That's three games in a row where he's been, you know, very physical and, and engaged and making an impact that way. I'm not sure at, you know, 32 years of age or whatever he is now that he can do that night after night after night after sure. night. For 80 years. He's already, he already mispracticed today, maintenance day, bumps and bruises. So <laughs> I think we're going to see a lot of that And on that note. So I'm not against Sam Gagne. This is a positive development today. I'm just not sure that it was the right move. Um, but I'm not sure it was the wrong move because in order for Raphael Lavoie to have been the right move, two people would have had to do their jobs. One is Ken Holland, get rid of Ernie, bring up Lavoie. That's the first thing. The second person that would have had to do their job would be Jay Woodcroft, which means don't just replace Adam Ernie and three to seven minutes with Ryan and Janmark on the bottom line, but you actually have to put him in a position to succeed and give him, you know, real minutes. And I have... I love Woody, but I also have zero confidence that he would do that. And I do think there is a clear path for that to happen. And 
I'm a, I'm a Ryan McLeod fan. Um, Ryan McLeod's playing like a fourth line center all year long. You know, guess what? You're getting paid like a third line center, but you're playing like a fourth line center. Like he's been responsible defensively. He's only been on the ice for a couple goals, you know. But he's he's they, they have some possession time, but they're creating no offense. It's in the you know what? I've got no problem at this point. He's going to be on the PK. I have no problem putting Ryan McLeod at four C. McDavid, Dry, Nuge, McLeod. You got nine. Sorry, you got six wingers. And I think you could. I think you could put Lavoie, and I, I think he, I think he could be on the third line. Nuge, Lavoie, and uh, let's say Holloway or Brown, and and then you have you have you know I, I had I had a roster moved out uh, printed out the other day that that had him on there, but you know I know what would have happened if he would have been the, the call up. He would have just. Played, you know, the 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 twelfth forward or eleventh forward, yeah. or seen no special teams and not played in the second half of the game. Because guess what? That's what what he did with them in uh, the exhibition season. <laughs> he didn't see a lot of uh, time with you know the legit NHLers. So I don't yeah. think he's doing it during the regular season. So I guess I'm okay with Gagne over Lavoie because I don't think that you know Woodcroft's ready to give him what I think he he deserves at this point. And I'm not saying that Lavoie like. Gagne is a established NHL player. He's clearly near the end of his career, but he's still going to be able to make some plays out there. He, you know, he's going to add a little bit of leadership, as you said. We know that. We don't know that Lavoie. Maybe, maybe he's not ready. Maybe he's not ready for more than six or seven minutes on the fourth line. But maybe he is. There's, there's lots of you know younger players with less pedigree out there playing impact roles on teams. Uh, there's some 19-year-old on the Bruins that they're not sending back, and they're not so that his contract's not going to slide. I can't remember where he's drafted, but you know there's there's the Leafs have players playing prominent roles as youngsters. I'm not sure why a 23-year-old that is bullying the American Hockey League has you know. Almost first round pedigree. He was ranked in the first round in draft. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Second. Like it's taken him a while. Power forwards. Guess what? Takes them a while. Right shot six four. He's not a banger, but you know he can play the body. Put him with Nuge and Connor Brown. See what happens. You know, on a third line. Yeah. But but you know it is what it is. We'll see him later in the year if that I'm confident. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that can be done. I you know I. I look at this, uh, you know, Woodcroft's line combinations. We, we've mm-hmm. been talking a little bit about it. We've been dancing around it, you know, with uh, McDavid and Drysaddle being on there. I, you know, I said um, this was off off air before. I mean, we had uh, Nuge, Hyman, and uh, and Fogel have what was probably one of the best, uh, you know, games um, yep. three or four games ago, and then the very next game he switches them out. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't, I mean, I just don't get it. Like, I, you know, in my mind, especially if you have a line that does not include Dreisaitl or McDavid and has some success, then find a way to utilize that. Yeah. Right. And, um, and, you know, and then again, although, you know, I was, um, we've had some discussion about the, um, the underlying stats, uh, but he split that line up again and put Fogel on with McDavid and Dreisaitl, which wasn't overly effective from a Fogel perspective. Um, I, I thought maybe he should have put Kane there and kept that uh, Fogel, uh, Nuge, and Hyman line together 
and kept them together because they've looked good together. Um, but then you look at the underlying stats and, and uh, Kane doesn't have that great in numbers with um, Dry Settle and McDavid. So maybe that's what's going into those kind of decisions. Well, I don't know. Um, part of the, just you, know, you know, like when you have, you know, Dry and McDavid together and whoever else is with them, you're finding a second line. Obviously, it's going to be centered around Nuge. And then whether it's, you know, whether it's Kane, Fogel, or Hyman, or whoever it is, like who has the last game was Nuge, Hyman, and Kane. And they yeah. had a great game, right? So now yeah. they're probably going to yeah. roll that out next game. And, like, there's, uh, it makes sense. I, I want, if they're going to keep McDavid and drive together, yeah. which they probably will, they won. You know, that's what Woodcroft does. But that line is able to have a good game. But I don't think they're able to... Woody likes to say stack good days upon good days. I'm not sure that that line is going to be a consistent, positive, impactful line night after night after night after night after night. Like, I just don't think it's a long-term solution. You know, and I, and I think most of us agree, like, it's, it's fun watching McDavid and drive together. When they could potentially drive 60% goal share. They don't generally. Like, you're in the 55 percent range and for me if that line isn't at 60 65 percent it, it's not worth it you need mcdavid and recital driving two lines that are between 55 and 60 percent goal share and i think it can happen i think they have the wingers for it but they need to they need to give it time they need to give it a try <laughs> you know and but every single time like every time mcdavid's banged up or leon's banged up they have to play together well, that's what's happened in the playoffs two years in a row. Started apart, one of them gets hurt, and and then they're they're together. McDavid gets hurt, oh, load him up. Although he'd already panicked. That I game. get it in at the end of the game, like you talked about. Hmm. I get I get that. You know, you you just you shorten the bench. Yeah. You know, especially if you need a spark, shorten the bench, put out your best players. Uh, but to play them together for a full full game when they're both capable of driving their own lines just does and, not seem and like that's the main thing part. not the main thing one of one of the main things for me what you lose is the ability to create that spark you know like it, it's not like game after game and shift after shift the mcdavid dry load up dominates games they don't they do lots of times but they have games where they lose the goal share and they have games where they're somewhat neutralized maybe they score a goal there's lots of games where they don't get a 5 on 5 goal playing together you know and so you're in a close game you're down 3-2 in the third period you don't have the option to put them together and create the spark they're already together they've been playing together all game it's just another shift like and and maybe that's an intangible or I'm making up some sort of spark or you know momentum that's you know you can't measure but I do think it's real you know like they're you know they're running their own lines it's a hard fought game all of a sudden they're out there together for a couple shifts or two out of four shifts it that can change a game you know but you don't yeah. have the ability to do that when they're already together it's just another shift <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it, we're <laughs> we're speaking the same yeah. same language here what now what about depth scoring i mean we've you know we talked What's a little that? bit about this yeah 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 exactly <laughs> so I mean, we've got one the bottom six says uh one point yeah and it's on an empty net goal <laughs> well like part of that goes back to what we're talking about 
it, it, it's Woody cutting that bench down. And then when they, when they do get, you know, one of their two shifts in the second period, you know, they're, they're cold. They don't have standard line mates. And, you know, so part of it is, is deployment, but part of it is, these guys have to piss a drop. You got to force it some. Like you just got to make something happen in limited ice times. It, it's just you just need to do it. But you know they're just so all over the place. You know, have we had the same lineup, like the same lines, two games in a row once this year? I'm not. I'm not sure that we have. <laughs> um, even after the even after the not. Nashville win. Um, so you know, I think that Connor Brown. I always said, like, from the day he was signed, like, I'm not sure why people were locking him into McDavid. I, I don't think chemistry in junior a decade ago means one little thing as far as the NHL. And, frankly, I thought he would be better on dry. And I said, in a perfect world, he's on your third line. He has a, to to yeah. you know, be a, a driver on a, on a on a elite third line. And at the end of the day, I think that's – where he might end up the middle six, you know, second or third line. And he's going to score. You know? yeah, he's progressively got better though. I'll give him that. Yeah, like, uh, not, yeah. I, I don't know if you want to get into it, but there is absolutely zero chance that he's going to be waived. <laughs> like so many people seem to want to avoid the bonus. And uh, I can't yeah, yeah. Like, it's not going to happen. And frankly, in my opinion, so not going to happen is, can't say it's fact because I'm not in Ken Holland's head, but I can't imagine that uh, Jeff Jackson, Jeff Jackson was his agent when he signed that contract, and would, and, and nor should he. Is there anybody you're going to bring up for the American Hockey League that is better than Connor Brown right now? I and I, when I do think there's still some upside to Connor Brown. I think. I mean, we're we're judging this guy on so, you know eight games after. So, so having a good deal of a year off, right? Before the season started, Ken Holland said it's going to take Connor Brown some time to get up to speed. Yeah. Jay Woodcroft said it's going to take Connor Brown some time to get up to speed. The leadership group, I remember Leon saying in an interview, it's going to take Connor Brown some time to get up to speed. The fan base is it's going to take Connor Brown some time to get up to speed. After four games, you got to wave him. You know, Holland's a fireable offense if he incurs that bonus. It's not like. Taking some time is not five, seven games. It might take a couple months. But as long as he's up to speed and he's the player that he has been or close to be in the second half of the year and into the playoffs, that's that's the goal and that's the plan. And you know what? If you want to if you want to sign somebody to this contract after he was offered guaranteed money with term. You know, from from other teams, apparently, apparently there was like twenty plus offers of guarantee, like the guarantee, maybe not quite four million, but real, like a real contract. You want to waive them and bury them for seventy three games in the AHL to avoid paying a bonus. Have fun talking with the uh, NHLPA. <laughs> have fun having any player sign without a no yeah. movement clause. And it's it, and like in the situation, it's not like we're bringing somebody up that's going to make us better. He's not bad. He's just not producing at a $4 million level, which is yeah, his ultimate. Not yet. So, not yet. But back to the depth scoring, it's going to come. And I think he's the type of guy that scores in bunches a little bit. He's going to get two goals one of these games and then just kind of plug along. He's still going to be at 17 to 20 goals by the end of the year, I, I bet yeah. you. And, um, in, and down the stretch, uh, we want to call it the mini Jaime. He's going to be more tenacious. He's he's going to help on the PK. He's going to yeah. chip in here and there. Yeah. Um, 
you got uh, you got some time still if uh, come back for the last sure. half hour. Awesome. Sure, sure. All right. Um, quote of the night comes from uh, Dash Craven. Uh, are you two dressed as Harry Potter and Dumbledore for Halloween? Great costumes. Uh, good pickup, Dash. Um, all right. Uh, this is uh, Oilers Live from the Heavy Hockey Network. Proud to be a friend of Edmonton Sports Talk. Uh, when we get back, we'll uh, talk a little bit more uh, bottom six, and then uh, let's get into the Dallas-Edmonton uh, game and, and what we expect to see uh, there and from the Oilers uh, moving forward. See you back in uh, two minutes. And Devin, Bruce, and the rest of the fantasy hockey hacks right here on Edmonton Sports Talk, Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Mountain, or tune in at youtube.ca slash heavy hockey.